we put our heads together to both reimagine and lift the bar on what a modern motocross helmet should be. Opt for the highest level of modern technology and energy dispersion with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Designed for an elevated defense against a wider range of real-world impact scenarios. Globally engineered with the most advanced materials and technologies available. Outfit yourself with proven technology, lightweight performance, and elevated impact management with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Hey everybody, it's Michael Antonovich with Swap Moto Live. We just got done with our first day of testing on the 2020 Honda CRF 250R. Uh, joining me today for the track tested podcast is test rider extraordinaire Pat Foster. Uh, PFO, you spun a lot more laps than I did on this. Your input is way more valuable. Give me a quick rundown of what you thought of the bike today. Well, first of all, I, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Thank you guys very much for supporting us. Uh, you know what? We had a great day out here at at uh, Fox Raceway. It was, uh, track prep was, was fantastic. Uh, it's hot. Um, so, so we got a, we got a wide, a, a wide range of track conditions today. It was soft and tacky this morning and it got dry and rough, choppy. Uh, so it was a really good opportunity to test the bike, test some of the new changes. Um, you know what? I was a huge fan of this bike last year. I really liked the 2019 Honda. The one thing that it was really lacking for me was low end power. It was a little soft down low, and uh, Honda paid a lot of attention to to that area in particular on the engine, and uh, and man, I, I think that they did an amazing job. It's like they've they've really bridged that gap, and uh, so I came away really really excited with the changes. Mm -hmm. A lot of the stuff that they did, I think everybody from the race team down to the consumer level have all said, "Hey, we just need a little more oomph to get out of." certain situations, be better at the start, tackier track conditions, whatever. Um, a lot of the stuff they did, you know, that was cam changes in the engine, uh, the resonance chamber getting removed on the right side uh, header, some internal changes to the mufflers, little things like that, uh, mapping changes, I believe, too. So there's there's a lot of stuff that they did. Is there one thing that you feel like, hey, this, this could have been the breakthrough? You know what? No, I think that I think the culmination of all of those efforts really, really uh, made a huge improvement for the bike. The other thing they did is they changed the the gearing ratio between second and third gear in the transmission. In, in the in the transmission, that was a little bit of a problem last year. You'd have to, in certain situations, you'd have to catch shifts really quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, second wasn't as usable as it could have been. They broadened the gap between second and third. Second was a little more usable, and uh, and so that helped a lot. But in addition to the cam changes and the muffler, and you know, all, all of the all of the changes were basically focused on more low end. Um, that was the weak point last year. The, the 2019 had fantastic mid range and it had monster top end. The thing mm -hmm. would rev to the moon, super fun. Uh, and if you were in the right gear and you were revving and you were aggressive, the low end was fine. But it, it took a lot of work and it took a lot of effort, and you had to be diligent on the bike, and uh, it, it punished you for mistakes. And this, what they've done this year, adding the more low end, it made the bike easier to ride, smoother transitions, and uh, you know what? They it doesn't quite have the torque down low to pull you out of bad situations like the Yamaha or the KTM, for instance, but it's much much closer mm -hmm. and uh, a, a much better all-around package. So I didn't spend a ton of time on the 19 last year, um, but I spent most of the morning on that bike so I could get a fair, you know, gauge of them back and back. Um, I found myself having to rev the 19 a lot. That went away with the 20. Um, other things, too, like you mentioned with the transmission, they did some changes to it, some different coatings on some gears, and then the clutch is beefed up, too, 
were you a guy that felt the clutch fade a ton last year and can you tell a huge difference with this heavier clutch spring yes so so you're absolutely right the clutch did fade pretty easily last year it was fairly soft also because of the lack of low end you had to be harder on the clutch mm -hmm. and like just like you were saying you were revving the 2019 today and you had to rev it quite a bit more and often the, the 2019 would fall on its face and you'd have to hit the clutch to get those revs up and then you're burning so through the clutch you're burning through the clutch so not only did they beef the clutch up but they've uh lessened the need for you to be on the clutch as much also so that that increased power down low it uh you're you're absolutely right and that's a great point you don't need to rev this bike as hard. You can mm -hmm. ride it in the meat of the power a little more. So now it's a little more usable. It's a little more rider friendly, and you don't have to be as aggressive. You can relax and, and more focus on hitting your lines rather than revving this bike to keep it up in the RPMs. Hey, another thing I noticed, and this could have just been me, I wanted to see if you felt the same. The transmission feels a little more robust. If you really have to put some emphasis on it. It's not like you're just going to accidentally breeze through and click shifts or hit false neutrals. Did you feel the same way? You know, it, it's got, I, I didn't ever feel like it was a problem shifting or it, it was just difficult sturdier. to shift. It just felt substantial, but it also felt very positive. Mm -hmm. the, the, the detents are positive. It's, it's um, yeah, I don't think you're going to click any false neutrals. you got to be deliberate with your shifts, but it also wasn't a problem where sometimes bikes under heavy power can be notchy. I didn't get that with the Honda. No. It's not notchy. It's, it's, it's still a smooth transition. It's a smooth shift, but it... Um, but you do have to be fairly deliberate with it. Um, with other stuff, just everything that goes on, you did the Honda 450 intro a few weeks ago, or I, no? I, I, I didn't get to go. Okay. I haven't ridden the new Honda 450 yet. So yeah, the, there is an absence of the traction control that's on the Honda 450 for this year, so we're not even gonna worry about that. I know some people on Instagram asked, hey, does this have it? It doesn't, that'll be probably a change that'll hit in 21 or later, um, but really doesn't need it. The three maps that it has, and. The 250 power band i mean you need to be on your marks anyway well you know on a, on a 250 there's a lot less desire for attraction control because it's you know these things just don't put nearly as much power to the ground it's you don't have the brute the brute force of a 450 that's going to really get away from you a 250 is more of a rever and it's and it's easier to control but just like you said you've got the three three different maps on the bar which is really cool you don't have to change couplers or anything any of these things you don't even have to turn the bike off you can just change the maps. I spent most of my time in map one, which is a smooth, broad, very good overall power band. But if somebody's looking for a little less power, map two, which I didn't spend much time on, I'm a, I'm a bigger guy, 250Fs, uh, you know, I need everything that they've, everything they've got. But map two is a, is a very smooth, broad, easy to control delivery. And it's, you know, I, I would venture to say it's, you know, fairly close to a traction control type uh, delivery just because it's so metered all the way through it, it really is it really is um, big thing that they are touting this year is a new frame uh, new swing arm also heard you in the video though you can't really tell a huge difference between the two well it's not groundbreaking and and that's not a bad thing because I was a huge fan of the 2019 chassis mm -hmm. and I loved the way that that bike handled uh, in fact, I think it's one of the best handling bikes made right now. It's, I think it's the best handling bike on the market. It's, the, the, the bike offers a lot of confidence in the, in the bumps and in the chop, and it stays true and, and straight, but this is, cornering is where this thing really shines. The, the cornering is really, 
really amazing. And so um, I felt that way about the 2019 and the changes that they made for 2020 haven't hampered that at all. I mean, this thing, this thing corners really good. At, at, it, they didn't do anything to take a step backwards, but the 2019 was so good. Um, if the 2020s improved, it's it's minimal, but it's it's all good stuff. I'll be honest, I really haven't been a fan of the way the Hondas have felt uh, in prior years. I felt that they were way too uh, finicky and way too busy. Uh, I didn't feel like there was a lot of stability there, and it just wasn't what I wanted, especially on a bike of that size. I'm I'm so used to riding 125 that it's so it feels so planted to the ground and everything's working together that when a 250 engine feels like it's overpowering the chassis, I'm just like, eh, I'm not really pumped on it. I told you that this morning and you said, hey, you know, you'll figure out on the 19 that it's much better than that. There are still some moments that it does feel a little light and um, not so planted to the ground on the front wheel, but the 20 felt even better. It felt like it was way more robust and solid everywhere. You, you did notice a pretty big difference yeah. between going going back to back. I'm, I'm glad that you felt that, and, I, and I, I'm I envious. I also think, though, that there could have been suspension settings and stuff that you had some input on today, too. You know, I, I did spend some time on the suspension today. Stock settings are a little bit soft, and I think that they're really aiming for comfort. So it's, so it's a very plush ride and very smooth, and I don't think that that's always the best for... Uh, aggressive riding. I think the bike moves a little bit too much. So I think what you rode towards the end of the day, the track had gotten rougher, it gotten choppier. I had gone in quite a few clicks, uh, three or four clicks on compression front and rear. And I did about a half a turn of high speed compression in the shock just to stiffen everything up and get a little less movement. And then I also on the rebound stiffened the front and rear, I think three or four clicks as well. And that just just slowed everything down and and made the bike a little bit more uh, predictable, a little less a little less movement, maybe a little less comfort, but definitely more substantial. There are, I mean, there's no denying there's some speed and some size discrepancies between you and I, but I did like what you had done because it felt like the bike just stayed higher in its stroke. It didn't feel like it wallowed, it took landings a lot better. It was a little bit more precise in cornering. It felt it just did everything the way it was supposed to. It felt like it was more sturdy all the way around. Well, you know what's interesting too, and this was this was great of you to notice. By the end of the day, the other thing that I did to this bike was. When I, when I started riding this morning, I had a front-end bias. So there's more weight on the front than the back. So the bike, a picture of the bike looking like a dragster. Which has kind of been historically what Honda's done in the last decade, really, ever since they went away from the OA chassis. Yep, exactly. And, and you know what? That stance is very aggressive for cornering, and that is their bread and butter, and so I get it. And, uh, and their bike corner's amazing. However, they had enough room in the chassis setup to where it didn't need to be that aggressive. And so I slid the forks down in the clamps, which raised the front of the bike up. It's, it, it basically, it, it um, changes the stance of the bike to a more neutral position. It may hamper the cornering a little bit, but not much. But that stability that you were looking for, the front end stability, and, it's, and it's, uh, you mentioned that the, in the past the Hondas had a tendency to want to wander mm -hmm. and hunt and peck a little bit that stabilizes that. And so it was really cool that you were able to notice that and feel that because that was one of the last changes I made on the bike late in the day. And it definitely made the bike a lot more planted and a lot more uh, controllable entering corners. Cockpit wise, um, this feels pretty open. It's not too big where you're you know, hanging off the bike. It doesn't feel like it's too narrow and compact. 
you and I are about the same height, 5'11", 6 foot, whatever. Um, this feels like it fits us pretty well. We didn't feel too cramped up. I didn't catch a boot or my leg on anything. Did you have any issues? No, and, you know, that's one of my favorite things about the Honda is it feels, it doesn't feel small in the fact that I feel cramped on the bike, but it just feels narrow and nimble and light. It's not necessarily the, the lightest bike in the class on the scale, but on the track, it feels uh, very, very agile. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of that is because it is so slim in between your legs. Um, this bike is it's sleek, and I, I really enjoy the ergonomics. And they are smooth. I, I to answer your question, no, I didn't ever catch a boot or a or a knee brace. They've got very smooth transition in lines, and and it's it's clean. The one thing that I could tell was it took input really well. Like even if I came up to a jump and I pushed into the face or wanted to like lean a little bit, it took all that direction really well. It didn't seem to fight it. I didn't feel like I was. Uh, you know, pushing a 500-pound weight around. Yeah, these, the, the Honda is very responsive. And to speak to your point earlier, when you have a bike that's that responsive and it corners that well, one of the trade-offs is you lose a little bit of stability. Mm-hmm. And and I believe that there's a lot of people that are in the same boat that you are in where you're like, hey, you know what? I would like this to be a little bit more stable. And so sliding the forks down in the clamps definitely helps. We went three millimeters. You can go five. Mm-hmm. So there's actually more stability to gain. We also had the sag set at 100 millimeters, which is what Honda recommends. Um, I didn't do it today, but if we were to drop down to like 102 millimeters or 103, it would increase that stability uh, even further. Um, another big thing that they were pretty excited about, and it's, on, it's only on the rear brake, but just new brake hose, uh, longer lever, new brake pad material. Could you tell a difference in performance there? Uh, it's everybody's pretty much set KTM as the bar for braking performance, but this was this was solid. You know what? I thought that the the changes to the brake, the rear brake in particular, was was great. Um, yeah, shortening shortening the uh, the hose puts more pressure on the on the caliper, and changing the leverage ratio by putting a longer brake pedal on. You don't have to push it as far. I thought those were great changes. I think that the rear brake was was really good do i think it's as good as the ktm it's it's not there yet Mm -hmm. it's not there yet but you know what i did note also is when when we're talking about brakes is the front brake that it's got a really substantial feel at the lever and it doesn't it doesn't like dive it doesn't cause the whole bike to to go out of sorts when you get on it you can really meter it on yeah yeah it's very it's got a very progressive feel so I, I was impressed with the front brake actually more than the rear brake, even though the, the, the attention this year was towards the rear brake. The rear brake was great. Uh, no complaints. Is it as good as the KTM? No, not, not yet, but it's, but it's better and it's really good. But the, the front brake was excellent, I thought. Hey, SWAT Moto listeners, this is Zach Osborne, rider for the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna factory racing team. I love my FC450 race bike, but I also love the FC350. It has the handling of a 250 and the power of a 450 making it the perfect bike for both professional and amateur riders. Right now, Husqvarna Motorcycles is giving Swap Moto listeners 1,500 reasons to get a brand new FC350. Hurry into your local authorized Husqvarna Motorcycles dealer to find out more on the limited time offers available to get you on the track today. For over six decades, Scott Motorsports has pushed the limits of innovation, providing our customers with the most advanced technology available. Scott is honored to be the exclusive eyewear sponsor of the Swap Moto Live podcast. Athletes such as Chad Reed, Justin Barsha, and myself, Adam Cientrillo, require the best performance, which is why we choose the Scott Prospect Goggle. 
Recognized as the number one goggle in racing, Scott is proud to be made in the USA. Check out scott-sports.com to see their complete line of high-performance goggles. Hey guys, Hunter Lawrence here. Lately I've been spending a whole lot of time at the mountain bike trails in the local area on my intense primer, and the thing's badass. For how good it is going up the hill, it's uh, amazing coming down the hill. It's uh, comfortable, nimble, and it doesn't feel uh, like you're going to go over the bars every five seconds. Uh, all their bikes in their lineup are awesome. So, yeah, you're ready to get serious about training on a cross-country bike or crushing lap times at your local trails, or if you want to go a bit further, longer and faster, they, they just brought out a new Taser e-bike, which is, uh, yeah, everyone's given the double thumbs up on. So. Head down to your local Intense dealer or, or purchase uh, directly at IntenseCycles.com. Check it out, guys. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Life podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota of Escondido Action Sports team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the action sports special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Riders like Justin Cooper, Don Ferrandis, Eli Tomac, Adam Entingnap, Josh Hansen, and more partner with Works Chassis Lab for engine mounts and other special parts to add comfort to and enhance the handling characteristics of their bikes. With championships and race wins to prove it, Works Chassis Lab Parts provides the winning edge. Visit WorksChassisLab.com for more information. Okay, we've hyped this thing up for about 15 minutes now. Um, did you feel anything that you're like, eh, this... This is still a problem that they didn't address. It, this this component is still fading. This isn't as um, you know powerful as I want it to be. This doesn't feel as right. Is there anything you picked out? You know, I'm really pleased with the amount of low end power that they were able to add to this bike. That's that's really the thing that it was lacking in 2019. Uh, do I think they could go more? Yep, I think I think that they could, especially a guy my size. I need to have that low end power. Not that you spend much time in the low end on a 250F, but if you don't have that power initially right off the bottom, it takes you a little longer to catch up down the straightaway. And so I would still, I say, Honda, great job. You did an excellent job adding more low end. Where else can you find some more? Yeah. Um, and I think that that's an ongoing problem everywhere for Honda 250 riders. Geico Honda is making a lot of emphasis on the 2019 bike, which is obviously a little different, but it's still the same thing. Once you're playing catch-up the first time, you're going to continue to play catch-up until you figure out the engine at its root. Yeah. If they can if they can find a way to add a little bit more low-end torque to where the... Right now, the low-end's much better, but you're still revving this bike pretty hard. And if they can find some torque where you're using more usable power at, without sacrificing this top end that we really like a lot, mm -hmm. um, that's I think that's where they need to focus. Because that's going to be a hard trade-off. Um, 
if you're going to go all the way and sacrifice all of your top end for more low end, there are other bikes that have some top end, and that's what makes this bike so good. The way that the engine works with the chassis, it doesn't feel like one overpowers the other. Yeah, you know what? They've got a really good balance between engine and chassis. Uh, as far as an overall package, brakes, chassis, suspension action, uh, handling, cornering, the, the, the power characteristic. Hey, you know what? It's like a 98 out of 100. You know, if they could find a little bit more low end, that's all they really need. But o the overall balance of the bike and how it all works together in, in unison, it's, it's fantastic. Compared to the Yamaha, which has the power tuner app, um, KTM, which has a couple other little features, Honda is still, they just don't offer the same features that other people have. Is that a miss to you? Do you, do you mind having to take the seat off to do the air filter element? Do you mind that you don't have such adjustability on an ECU? Or is that just, hey, get on it and ride? You know what? Those types of things don't bother me too much. Because typically what I do is I find a setting that I like and I stick with it. I've, I've been riding the Yamaha 450 this year. It's got the power tuner app. I had Travis Preston set the power tuner app to the map that I like, and I haven't touched it all year. I, he set it the first day I got the bike, and I ride the bike. On, on this Honda... I, I like map one a lot today. There are some cases where I'd use map three, but most of the time I'm gonna ride the bike in map one and I'm just, I'm just gonna ride the bike. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I don't get too into uh, making adjustments. I find what I like and I leave it. Mm -hmm. um, fit and finish, I mean, that's what Honda's always prided itself on. I couldn't think of anything that I was like, eh, this is a little sketchy. This feels like they cut corners here. Did you see anything? No, not at all. I, I, I think that you're absolutely right. I agree with you. Uh, Honda's fit and finish and their and their attention to detail and their quality is uh, really second to none. Like even the electric starter, uh, it's different that you do have to pull the clutch in as a safety feature. I think that that does kind of bug some people out from time to time, but I've never gotten to a position where I was like, is this thing in a fire? I've never heard of one person complaining that the thing doesn't have enough of a powerful motor and battery combination to get that engine going. No, and I and I haven't either. And you know what? It's a nice safety feature. I've got I've got kids around at my house from time to time. It'd be really easy for them to walk into the garage and hit the hit the starter button on any bike that's sitting there. You know, it's not a bad idea to have a, a safety feature. You have to pull the clutch in to hit the starter. All right. So we've only done one day. We're going to do a lot more on this. Is there anything that the next time you get in the saddle, you're going to go, hey, I want to, I really want to put some emphasis on this or try this. I think with a little more time, I could work out this detail. You know, the only thing that I probably will play with a little bit is if we go to a faster track where it's choppier and, and a little rougher, uh, I would probably either lower the forks a little bit further, try to gain a little bit more stability there, you know, the, the converse of that is to go from 100 millimeters of sag to 102, drop the rear end a little bit. You could, you could balance the bike out either way by, by moving the forks or by adding uh, additional sag. That's really the only thing that I would do. Ultimately, if I owned this bike, I would probably have the suspension valved for me. It's, it's a little on the soft side, but if I'm not gonna be racing it all the time, I could take this bike home, stock condition, ride it all year and have a great time on it. You alluded to this in the beginning. Uh, we were at Fox Raceway today. They had the full national track pretty much set up. Uh, anybody that watched that race knows there's a lot of different terrain here. There's some soft stuff in certain sections. It's sandy or in other spots. The entire back part of it is as hard pack as hard pack gets in California these days. Did you find a spot on the track that you're like, hey, man, this thing feels really good here? You know, the 
pretty much every corner this bike felt great yeah. it, it really felt great and it didn't matter if it was a rut we've got some really nice soft outside berms here and and like you alluded to in the uh, up in the back some of those top corners are hard and slick and nasty this thing cornered great in all of those cases every 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 one of those situations all of the terrain this thing cornered really well that's where the honda shines and uh you know what people are really going to enjoy that me being a two-stroke guy i really enjoy just railing outside berms i don't don't really care about ruts i know that i could be way faster if i tried to point and shoot at every rut and i did today but it felt that you could just hit it into even some deeper corners and whack the throttle and keep going and it never felt like it got bogged down or it got caught off guard uh the stuff that i experienced same thing it never felt like the front end wanted to go away anywhere and even if it did like if i'd had an operator error I was able to pull it back in pretty quickly. I never had an incident where I was like, okay, I made a mistake, and then the bike exacerbated it. I, I agree with you. I never had any case today where I thought I was losing the front end, or I thought it was understeering or oversteering, or I thought thing, at no point today did I think things were coming apart. Yeah. The thing did everything that I expected it to do and, uh, and reacted appropriately. Um, fast whoops, I never got any swap or any wallow. And uh, going into corners, the the, the tires, uh, the traction was predictable. Um, yeah, it, d- it didn't do anything that I didn't expect it to do all day long. Okay, you are a guy that rides so many bikes so often. Are you seeing where everybody is in the same vein right now, where they're all chasing the same objective, or does everybody kind of have their own take on what's going to make a good motorcycle? You know, everybody everybody is building a great motorcycle right now, and it just some of so much of it comes down to personal preference i'm talking to some of my 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 peers today our riding styles are very similar our speeds are very similar our um, experience is very similar and there's some guys that that really like a particular bike for hey i like the power and i like the way that this handles and i disagree completely and say i i don't like that power delivery and i don't like those handling characteristics but I respect your opinion. I get it. I understand why you feel that way. I like this a little bit more. I want a little bit more hit. I want a little bit more livelihood. I, want to, I don't want it to be as smooth and as predictable. I want it to be a little more exciting. Uh, but you know what? It doesn't matter if you're going to buy a 250F or a 450. You're not going to get a bad bike. You might get something that you like more than something else, but you're not going to get a bad bike. They're, they all handle well. They all turn really well. And... and uh, you know, the power is so comparable. You know, we go out and do our shootouts, we, and uh, we used to do lap times all the time. I could put the same lap time down on any of the bikes. I mean, they're, 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 they're that close. I think when, uh, when we get all six bikes back-to-back and you get to see how glaring, not issues are, but just differences, um, it's really unbelievable how different an aluminum chassis is to the steel frame. This is a great aluminum chassis. Uh, I mean, Honda's had it for... 22 years now but they've really worked out all the bugs it's it's really compliant it doesn't feel harsh it didn't feel anything is there same thing you would agree yeah and you know what i tend to gravitate towards the the aluminum frames i i like a, a more rigid bike i'd like things to be a little little stiffer um the steel frames to me when they when they do they do kind of seem to wind up once in a while they kind of load and then spring back once in a while and that's when things get inconsistent for me i would rather have things be uh, a little firmer a little more deliberate maybe not quite as plush but i know what i'm getting Mm 
So I, I kind of tend to gravitate towards the aluminum frame feel, but you're absolutely right. This this new Honda chassis is, is really good. It's excellent. All right. Pat, I appreciate all your input today. If you could take this bike anywhere, like a, if there was a dream track, where would you want to ride this thing at? Like condition-wise, jump-wise, would you want high speed? Would you want a little tighter, a little, little bit punchier, big jumps, not big jumps, hard pack sand? What would you want to take it to? I would love to take this bike to LACR. I, yeah. it, it's soft railing outside berms. I think there's a lot of places where this thing corners so well and I'd be so confident on it. I think there's a lot of corners I can go into and not even shut this bike off. Just keep it, keep it pinned, lay the bike in, carve with the front wheel. This thing really likes to turn with the front wheel rather than a lot of four strokes want to kind of slide the rear. This thing wants to carve the front like a, like a two stroke. That's what I grew up doing. Uh, I like the softer dirt and, uh, yeah, somewhere like L.A. County Raceway, I would really like to ride this bike there. I think it'd be amazing. Cool. Hey, Pat, I appreciate your input. It's always a good time to talk to you. You know more about bikes than I've ever thought or forgotten or, or anything. <laughs> uh, it's good to have a guy like you on our staff. Um, I'm excited to see you on this bike again because it seems like you're really excited to try to give it another shot. I, I am really excited about it, and I appreciate you guys having me out. Um, I'm really looking forward to the shootout. This thing this thing is going to do well. Cool. Hey, thanks for tuning in everybody we have a ton more content coming from gopro laps to first impression videos to technical briefings and of course we're going to ride this thing much more as the weeks and months go on keep checking back we'll have a bigger update for you somewhere down the road thanks for tuning in we put our heads together to both reimagine and lift the bar on what a modern motocross helmet should be opt for the highest level of modern technology and energy dispersion with the fly racing formula helmet Designed for an elevated defense against a wider range of real-world impact scenarios. Globally engineered with the most advanced materials and technologies available. Outfit yourself with proven technology, lightweight performance, and elevated impact management with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet.